As you, uh, as you heard in our reading today, we're going to be in John, uh, the Gospel of John here. It's in the second portion of your Bible, second half of your Bible. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you, um, or you can turn there in your Bible app. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to just take that Bible that's underneath the chair in front of you. It's, it's yours. I'm going to w- check our temperature here. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, man, Pastor Friday warmed you guys up good. All right, all right. Who's, who's ready for the Word of God? Amen. Here we go, here we go. All right, all right. Well, we're in John 14, verses 25 through 31. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Jesus is talking with his disciples, having this last final hours with them. And he's unpacking. Last week we talked about how he's pulling back the curtain on these deep, significant truths of what God is doing, of who God is and what he's doing until Jesus comes back because Jesus is leaving. This is radical information for the disciples at that time. So how would God's mission, how would God's message, his truth, how would God's people be preserved in this world of craziness and chaos. I mean, don't we see some of the craziness and chaos today? What are some of the ways we see chaos in our world today? Go ahead and shout it out. What are the ways we see chaos in our world today? Fake news. news. What else? War. War. What else? Rioting. Rioting. What else? Moral decay. decay. Absent Absent parenting conflict in our marriages, in our home. We have more anxiety and mental health struggles now than we did two years ago even. Chaos is real in our world around us. How, how is God going to preserve his people, his message, his mission in the midst of chaos? It's been 2,000 years. How will it continue? We're going to see in God's word here today. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not too long ago it was World War II. And we think if we think it's bad now, it was pretty bad around the world 80 years ago. And when there was World War I, World War II, at the time of World War II, we had Nazi Germany uh, seeking to exterminate the Jewish people. And many different people at that time, followers of Jesus, sought to sought to help and sought to uh, 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 be light in the darkness. And, and, and one of these families in, in Holland, uh, in the Netherlands, was the Ten Boom family. Uh, many of you, if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you know about Corey Ten Boom or, or, or her story and her family. But they, they, they sought to uh, save Jews, and they created a, a separate space and room in their house called uh, the hiding place, where they would hide Jews from the Nazis, from from the Germans there and their allies. It was a time of great cost and craziness and, 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 and it kept creeping across Europe and finally it was in Holland, in the Netherlands. And, and, and Corey's family had to decide, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? How are we going to navigate this? Corey's father's recorded... As a pastor brought a Jewish baby to their house. 
pleading with them to help. Corey's father, holding the baby, said, We could lose our very lives for this child, but I would consider that the greatest honor that could come to my family. Several years later, the Gestapo would break into their home because they were, they'd been betrayed by neighbors and they would be taken prisoner. Corey's father was put in jail and he's recorded praying this prayer as he's put in jail after being arrested and beaten and his prayers to the father saying this, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Hold me up and I shall be safe. Ten days later, he would die in jail. Even in this story, which we'll come back to at the end of the message here, Corey Tinboon's family, how were they preserved in that chaos? Through the word of God? Through the power of God, it was through the spirit of God. God sends his spirit to us. Who, who, who Francis Chan has called the forgotten God, who we, we don't fully understand how to relate to. But God has sent his spirit to us to preserve us, to empower us, and to preserve the word of God, the truth of God, as well as the mission of God, which has continued to last for these last several thousands of years and so today in god's word we're going to encounter the spirit his power and his peace to preserve us so if you haven't gone ahead and done so please turn there john chapter 14 25 through 31 here we go these things i have spoken to you while i'm still with you but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away. And I will come to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place. So that when it does take place, you may believe i will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming he has no claim on me but i do as the father has commanded me so that the world may know that i love the father rise let's go from here let's pray friends holy spirit we we need you to 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 work in us to receive your word lord Otherwise, it would be falling on deaf ears. And, and we just ask, Lord, that, that, that in the image of our, our farmers tilling the soil, to, uh, uh, prepping the soil, planting now, Lord, the seeds, uh, looking forward to harvest. Spirit, we ask that you would work the soil of our hearts as the planting of your word, Lord, would produce fruit. That it wouldn't just be dead, Lord Jesus. It wouldn't be strangled, Lord, by weeds and thorns and rocks, Jesus. But God, that, 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 that your seed would come alive in us, Jesus, today. As it is your spirit, as you, Holy Spirit, who seeks to live in us and change us. We ask for that work. 
We ask for that work for the first time for some of us. We ask for that work afresh today. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week, as we've been preaching through, this is a sermon series through the entire book of John. Last week, saw that, that Jesus, he pulls back the curtain to reveal the mind-blowing, life-changing reality that God is three in one. This, this was not known to the disciples or to Jewish people at that time. This was a new revelation. Now we can go back and we can read the Old Testament and see how the Father, Son, and Spirit were always present. But Jesus is making that clear to us. This is a mystery that's hard for our minds to grasp. How is God one and yet three persons? We talked about the significance of this, that the Trinity, the triune God, that God is three and yet one, is the blueprint of of all humanity and human existence and society and individual identity and and psychology as well as, as relational health and social systems. The triune God is the blueprint for human existence. And it's this, this God that's three in one that, 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 that exists in, in eternal love where they seek to serve each other. And it's perfect harmony between the Father, Son, and Spirit sharing love between each other. They're all individually distinct. And yet they're one. And they live in love with each other. We talked about last week how these abstract truths, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to be careful not to let it just wash over us and like, oh my gosh, it's just too big and too lofty. Who cares? But these are the roots and the foundations upon which when we take the time to let the Lord take us to these deep places, we can truly understand the significance of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And now the Holy Spirit as Jesus reveals him to us and sends him to us. Last week we saw Jesus sending the spirit of truth, acknowledging there is one source of truth. Truth isn't a personal experience. Truth isn't within every individual. It's not something we find in life or we create or to be defined by our own desires and experience because that would lead to chaos. We had the whole band come up here and everybody just play an instrument, playing their own thing. We just heard, that's just chaos. But just as there's harmony between Father, Son, and Spirit, there is, God is creating harmony through Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the singular source of truth for us. And that brings us into today's passage. Jesus starts off saying, these things I've spoken to you while I'm here. The spirit, the helper, who I will send, the father will send in my name, he will teach you all these things. These things that Jesus is talking about is the truth. The spirit speaks the word of God to us. The word being Jesus, the revelation of Jesus to us. Jesus says these things, speaking of all that Jesus has taught through his life and his ministry to us, because Jesus, God sending his son in the flesh so that we would know God. As we walk through the book of John, he's repeatedly stated, you can know the Father if you've seen me. 
I and the Father are one. I'm showing you eternal things. I'm showing you who you are. I'm showing you how the Father thinks about you and loves you. I'm showing your created purpose and design because the Father is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. These things Jesus has spoken. He knows that the disciples, they're just not getting it. You know, if you've been a parent or you've been a teacher of kiddos and you're trying to teach them a lesson and you see those eyes and they're just glass and they're just staring and you're like, Damn. and you're, you just keep going because, you know, you just need to say it anyways. But they're, you know they're not listening, right? You know they're not getting it. You're just hoping like maybe 10%. Maybe. Holy Spirit. Right? He knows they're not going to hear it. He knows that they're not going to understand. We struggle to understand what God, the whole, God is one and yet three. Jesus is explaining the significance of the Holy Spirit. One is that he would be in everyone. Jesus taking on a body means that he limited himself in a human body. Where before he had glory, he was everywhere, omnipresent. Jesus sending the Spirit is so that He can be in every human being. He's in all, can be in all people and all places and all time. And being so, He can bring the truth of God, the truths of Jesus Christ. He says, But the Helper, the Spirit, will teach you into all things to bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. This is so important. Why? Because Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If Jesus just left it there and in his time and day, we wouldn't have received his truth now if it wasn't preserved through the Holy Spirit. How many of you know and have experienced the truth setting you free? You know the power of the truth and it has set you free. What Jesus speaks of here, first and foremost, is through the creation of what we call the New Testament today. You see, the Spirit was already the one who had created or caused, or if you will, spoken the first half of what we call the Bible, the Old Testament. Consider these, these scriptures here. On Second Peter. No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke through, from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is specifically speaking of the Old Testament writings and works. Let's go to the next passage here. All scripture is, God, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be a complete equipped for every Good work. The, the, this, this phrase up there, scripture is breathed out by God. The, the phrase for breath and spirit, the same word, pneuma. It's the same word. God giving us his word is a spirit inspired, spirit superintended, spirit enabled work. The spirit speaks the word of God. And he does so in, in a very tangible and practical way that we would be able to have it 2,000 years after Jesus went to be with the Father. He died and was rose again. God in his wisdom 
through his spirit, communicated and brought back to memory, like with John here, all that Jesus taught. All the insights into his word. And he did this through the apostles, those who were witnesses with Jesus. The spirit reminded them and led them to document down the truths of who God is through Jesus Christ. This is powerful, friends. Because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And it's preserved throughout time, written, translated through thousands of years, so you and I have it still today preserved, the truth that doesn't change. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That truth is ours because we have the scriptures. This is God's word. In addition, The Spirit speaking this truth isn't just to give us the written word, but to personally apply this word in our lives. We talk about at Christmas time, the incarnation. Jesus incarnated. He he was God who took on flesh. In John earlier, he says the word became flesh. That's incarnation. That that is the the unembodied taking on a body. That, That is God who is other and far off stepping into our experience. And the spirit incarnates Jesus' teaching into our personal lives. He is the word in our flesh. Are you following me? So the spirit takes this truth. And he will speak it to us personally. This doesn't mean, this isn't separate from our need to be in the word, reading the word. But you know you've been in this time, those who've been followers of Jesus. How you, when you were at work, or you were in that time of crisis. Or, 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 or you, you were in that moment of conflict. And the spirit reminded you of the truth. He brought to your remembrance of love is patient. Before you were about to say something, you would be regretting you know what i'm saying us extroverts know what that's all about the spirit doesn't speak something different or or new he reminds us as jesus said of what jesus taught some circles believe, that they'll, they'll, you'll hear people use the excuse, well, the Spirit told me, or, or God spoke to me. And, and, and they're things that are kind of shady. They're, kind of, they're, they're, they're more like permission for them to kind of do whatever they want. Or it's this new insights, but they're not consistent with the truth. The Spirit's only going to tell you what Jesus has already told us. The truth doesn't change. It doesn't progress through time. It's not, it's not tied to culture. It's consistent. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The truth doesn't change. But Jesus, the Spirit, will apply that truth in times that do change. In your heart that does change. Like the seasons. We need the Spirit This term helper is oftentimes, as we talked last week, there's so many different descriptions that fit, but advocate, like a legal advocate, is one of these pieces here. 
And the language that Jesus is, is, is using about, about teaching you these things, bringing to remembrance, is, 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 is like that in the legal case. And, and one of the ways the enemy really tries to get at us and where we live in this life is when we're in darkness, whether it's because of our circumstances or because of our own choices, the enemy, Satan, also called the adversary, he attacks. Satan will slip in lies. Like, look, nobody cares about you. Look, you messed up again. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're alone. Look at, look, I know what's in your heart. I know what you've done. Look at that. Who could love you? And the Spirit is there saying, Look to Jesus, child. Look to Jesus. We talked about last week. The Spirit comes alongside. That's his name. He comes alongside and he's pointing to Jesus. And he's saying to you, daughter, son, he paid it all. Look to the cross. He showed you. It didn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the darkness. Look at Jesus. He went into the darkness for you. He's with you. He's taken the pain. The injustice done to you, Jesus has taken on it and he's with you in that. God sees you in your pain. You're not alone. Your love, the Spirit's an advocate and he's fighting for you, pointing you to the truth when all that is infecting your mind is lies They seek to destroy you. The Spirit is God's love drawing us in, coming alongside and always pointing you. Look to Jesus, not yourself. Not your circumstances. The Father loves you. That's good news, amen? That truth sets us free, amen? The Spirit gives us the unchanging truth of God because our hearts and emotions, they change. They shift. Our circumstances, they change. They shift. Culture, it changes. It shifts. But the Word of God, because God Himself doesn't change. That's why He's called the rock. You can stand on it. Jesus goes on to say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts, let them not be troubled nor afraid. In giving us the Holy Spirit, Jesus gives us his peace. Like I mentioned, Jesus is the Word made flesh, God in flesh, but the Spirit is the Word in your flesh. His peace 
How can we have the peace of Jesus? Because, because when we invite the Spirit to come and live within us, when we surrender to Jesus and, and say, say, have your way, not my way, but your way, Lord. Spirit, fill me. Lead me. The power of God, Jesus comes to live in you. Which means the peace of God comes to live in you and me. Check this out from Romans, what Paul captures here, the truth of the spirit and peace. For those who live according to the flesh, their minds set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For, the spirit, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. The spirit that Jesus is giving us is desiring, is pulling us into the peace of God that Jesus experiences. He wants to produce that peace. And let's talk a little bit about what this peace looks like. D.A. Carson, he's an he's a incredible Bible scholar, has some great work here with, with the book of John. He says this, at the individual level, this peace secures composure in the midst of trouble and dissolves fear. As the final injunction of this verse demonstrates, this is the peace which garrisons our hearts and minds against the invasion of anxiety and rules or arbitrates in the hearts of God's people to maintain harmony amongst them. As Carson captures here, I don't know about you guys, but that those words, the invasion of anxiety, more now than ever, as the sciences and social sciences have shown us, more people across the world right now are experiencing anxiety than ever before. Anxiety is like this infection, this invasion that comes into our lives and steals our joy. It strangles us. With a sense of looming fear. A sense of, of looming, like I'm, I'm, I'm unsafe. I cannot trust that good things are to come. That I am safe and secure. My needs will be met. And the enemy seeks to attack. But Jesus speaks to us peace. So we're threatened on every side in this world. We have chaos all around us. There doesn't have to be chaos in our hearts because Jesus speaks peace and gives you and me his peace. That the heart's waters that are troubled will be still and placid like that little beautiful lake on a windless day at sunrise and it's glass. This peace doesn't depend on our circumstances. This peace doesn't depend on how you even feel. That you can be secure in the storm inside you. Or the storm around you. Jesus gives his peace. Some of you are in a place where you know that trouble and those tensions and those fears right now. Just take a moment and invite you 
to receive. I talked earlier about how the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not going to invade you. But if you invite, he will bring peace to your heart, to your mind, even now. The spirit, the term I remember I used it earlier, the, the, the word for breathe, same word as spirit. Even when we, when we breathe, God has designed our bodies such that how we breathe can shift us. It flips a switch even in our bodies from a stress response, an anxious response to peace. It brings still to the heart. How you breathe, that deep breathing of in through your nose, out through your mouth. Do it with me here. God gave us breath when he created us. He breathed into Adam. That's the spirit of God. He gives us his peace. We receive, friends. We receive. The scriptures talk about relating to the spirit, that be filled with the Holy Spirit. This word, this phrase of be filled with the spirit is be being. We, we, it's, it's a continuous work that we're doing of receiving as a cup. What does a cup do? It just, a cup doesn't do anything. It just, it's just open. It receives. And we, we, we are taught to actively remain open, actively welcome the spirit. Fill me. Lead me. Do your work in me. So that when we've got friends or family and and home is tough and tight and there's conflict and there's hurt and you know how it is when it gets started around the house and when hurt people just hurt people, right? But it's only the spirit of God that breaks in speaking the truth of God, bringing the peace of God in you Because the Spirit of God produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The Spirit of God has fruit that he's producing in you. He wants to give you not just internal peace, but he wants to give you the ability to relate in peace. Peace is a relational term, not just a disposition, if I can put it that way. Peace is also about how we interact with others. I don't have to have people being nice to me for me to be nice to others. Because the kindness of God, when God gave his his peace, it wasn't because he waited until we were nice to him. It was while we were yelling, crucify him, that he came and brought peace for you and me. While on the cross, he showed us peace by sacrificing himself when we wanted nothing to do with him, when we want to be kings of our own hearts and our lives, we're rebellious teenagers saying, no, I got it, God, get away from me. Slamming the door in his face. And he's peace towards us. He's love towards us. He's kindness towards us. He broke that power on the cross and he seeks to bring that power to you today. Every day. Through the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus doesn't bring peace like, like back in the days. They expected peace to come by military might and military power. They thought Jesus was going to lead a revolution through war to bring peace for Israel. But Jesus sought to bring peace in our hearts and through our relationships with each other. And how we relate to the world. He was bringing us into the triune God. And and that triune relationship. Where they have love between each other. Peace between each other. That we are to give that. But how do we do that? How do we give peace when we're getting daggers? How do we we give love when when we're just being taken from. And it feels like parasites are just sucking the life out of us. How do we give when we're not being given to One of the unique things I found about Worthington, we had a massive snowstorm. Some of you remember that, where it was like an inch of ice and then like 10 inches of a wet snow and then all the trees and the power lines and everything. You remember that was like nine years ago. One of the cool things I found about Worthington, the way that they set up the infrastructure here, was that they had generators. And the electricity, the lines, were run underground instead of through poles throughout town. And so that outside of town, rural areas, y'all were... Yeah, so we're out of luck. Um, But in town, they had generators to run the electricity through the town because there was no power. Because the storm, the storm had taken away the power. The storms in our lives, they suck us dry, right? They defeat us. We feel powerless. We feel helpless. We're relationships that we struggle with. Temptations we're in. Circumstances that are dark and bleak or painful. We feel powerless. The Holy Spirit's like a generator. Only it's like perpetual motion. And for those of you who are engineers or know anything about this, the whole idea of perpetual motion machines just don't exist, but they do inside the Trinity. Just chew on that one for a while. The Spirit, the triune God, doesn't run out of energy But he also has excess to give us. And that's why the spirit of God is given to us. That we have the power of God. When we don't got it coming towards us. We can give it. When we're not getting love. We can give it. Because the God who loved us while we were enemies. And reconciled us. Enables us to give. Not to bless those who curse us. To bless and pray for those who persecute us. To not be overcome by evil but to overcome evil with good how is that possible the spirit of god in you and me the spirit who brings peace coming in you and me has power but you know what those homes that were not connected to the generator they were dark they were cold they had no power if you do not have the spirit of god You don't have the power of God. You don't have the truth of God. You don't have all the resources of God serving you to enable you to love. You're just going to be caught up in the chaos. You're going to be caught up in the problem and be part of it. And the chaos is going to control you. Today, friends, invite the Spirit to lead you. I want to conclude here. I'm just simply a conclusion. When I say jump to it, I'm, it's going to be a longer conclusion. So, 
They always say as a preacher, don't tell people you're going to end and then like keep going. So I just, it's, it'll be good. It'll be good. Coming back to, coming back to uh, Corey Tinboom and, and her story. So her whole, the family was caught, right? Dad died 10 days after being in prison. Well, Corey had a sister. Both Corey and her sister Betsy were taken and put into prison together. And they were in prison for years. And they were even brought to the concentration camps with the Jews. Darkness. Darkness settled in. Where did they turn? When, when they were at the Dutch prison first, which wasn't nearly as bad. And one of the moments, a nurse came into Corey's room and she asked if she could have a Bible. In the midst of being in prison, the one thing she asked for wasn't food. It was a Bible. On her birthday, in solitary confinement, she read the Gospel of John until the ache in her heart went away. Spirit gives us his word that's enduring, that meets us in the dark places, the advocate who speaks to us truth. She read the book of John over and over until the ache in her heart went away. They didn't stay at the Dutch prison. They went on. The Bible was the most cherished thing. The truth of God was the most cherished thing between Corey and her sister Betsy. They would take turns carrying it between them so, so that the guards wouldn't find it and confiscate their Bible. God protected them and, and, and their Bible was never found and never taken away. But it didn't just minister to them. Other people searched them out because they had the Bible. They were stripped of literally everything, everything. Their dignity at times bare naked because part of what the Nazis did, they just shamed you. But God preserved his word. This is a quote of some of their nights. Whenever we were not in ranks for roll call, our Bible was at the center of the ever-widening circle of help and hope. They clustered around the Bible like a blazing fire. They would gather about it, holding out their hearts to its warmth and its light. The blacker the night around a screw, the brighter and truer and more beautiful burned the word of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I would look about us, as Betsy read, watching the light leap from face to face, more than conquerors. It was not a wish. It was a fact. We knew it. We experienced it minute by minute. Poor, hated, hungry. We are more than conquerors. Not we shall be. We are. Life in Raisinbrook took place on two separate levels. Mutually impossible. One, the observable external life grew 
every day more horrible. The other, the life we lived with God grew daily better. Truth upon truth, glory upon glory. This would practically live itself out and how they, they, their vision, you know, the perception which we see and interpret our circumstances, they have been processed into a new, the new concentration cape, Ravensbrook, and, 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 and Corey struggled with her heart, but Betsy, she had this peace. She had the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God, and and Corey comes into this new concentration camp, which is even worse than the one before. He says, what a better way, what better way could we spend our lives? They just stepped into hell. Can you imagine? Corey's like, what are you talking about? Betsy says, these young women, these guards, that girl back in the bunkers, Corey, if people can be taught to hate, they can be taught to love. We must find the way, you and I, no matter how long it takes. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the spirit of God. The peace of Jesus. Corey burned with vengeance because she had just found out who had betrayed them, their family and their father. And she burned with vengeance. And she was convicted to seek the Lord in prayer. The Spirit convicted her and led her to be released to forgive that person. When they got to their barracks at Ravensbrook, Corey noted, as you can imagine, the conditions were not the Hilton. There were fleas everywhere. How can we live in this place? Corey would say. And Betsy replied, Corey, God has given us the answer as he always does in the Bible. Read what we read this morning from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continuously, and give thanks in all circumstances, even flea-infested barracks at a concentration camp. This is it. We can start right now, Betsy told Corey. Corey said, no. (laughs) How can God be at work through fleas? It so turned out their barracks were so flea infested that the guards would not come into their barracks and search their belongings. And they had Bible study. They got around the word and they prayed and they worshiped without reservation because the guards wouldn't touch the threshold of that tent. And Corey learned, thank you for the fleas. Thank you for the fleas. The end, Betsy was weak and she contracted cancer and she would die in the concentration camp. They were carrying her away on the stretcher. You can imagine 
and seeing your sister who has gone through hell and you just saw her slowly dying and decaying. She's nothing. They're on a stretcher. They're carrying her out to do whatever inhumane thing they're going to do to end her life. And that's the last time you're going to see her. And she says, this from the stretcher, we must tell people what we've learned here. We must tell them. There is no pit so deep that his love is not deeper still. They will listen to us, Corey, because we've been here. Because we've been in hell. There is no pit so deep that his love is not deeper still. How is God preserve his people, preserve his truth, preserve his mission? For 2,000 years after Jesus left, as we wait for his return, he sent his spirit to live in us, to give us the peace of God. Betsy and Corey and their testimony, their struggle. It's not just an anomaly. Because God has given us his word. We all have this. And if you don't have one, it's underneath the chair in front of you. It's on your phone. You have the spirit of God. He's around you and he's waiting. He wants to make his home in you. He wants you to be alive today. He wants his peace to be yours now. Don't wait. Let's receive, friends. May the worship team come on forward here. Friends, open your hearts and your hands this morning. If you haven't surrendered, surrender now. This peace, this power of God, His truth is yours. But we must receive. For those of us who've started the journey, we can't stop. We have to continue We're like a a colander, a a, a sieve, and it's just a bunch of holes, and the Spirit pours Himself out, and He doesn't end, but we're leaky. We got to be filled. Be being filled. It's an ongoing thing. We got to plug ourselves into the generator of the Spirit. We got to keep it going, friends. He has more for you. Whatever darkness, anxiety, stress you're in, whatever way you feel powerless or helpless, the Spirit of God is there. There is no pit so deep that his love is not deeper still. It's for you. It's for you. So going to this next song, it's a new song to us. And I want to invite you, you can sit. You can stand. But that message from this song, Spirit, lead me. Surrender, friends. Let him lead. Let him lead you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, God, thank you. Thank you for the truth you give us that's enduring to define us. Who You show who our identity really is, Lord God. It's unshakable. It's not culturally defined. It's not defined on our emotions, our experience. It's not defined by what others say about us. You, Jesus. It's not defined by what others have done to us. You, Jesus, your eternal love. 
Lord, the chaos of our world doesn't have to infect us because you, Jesus, your peace can extract the poison of the past. Lord Jesus, your peace can protect us from the attack in the present. Jesus, we receive that right now. I pray for those who are overwhelmed, Lord God, right now, who feel the invasion real right now. God, would you break in? Would you overcome, Lord Jesus? May they receive you fighting for them. That their body may be out of control. May they receive you holding them. You are in control. We don't have to be in control, God. Control us, Spirit. We don't have to control others, the conflicts that we're in, the workplace struggles that we're in. We don't have to control the people and our circumstances. But Spirit, you can control us and we can be resilient. Spirit, fill us, lead us. In your name we pray. Amen.